Hello everyone, welcome to Chippy and Chill the Anime Podcast. It's been a, a very busy week over here and it seems like it's absolutely flown past. I can't believe I'm recording the next episode of the podcast already. Um, I hope you've all had a great week. Last week it was all about Digimon and how the anime came about thanks to the release and the insane popularity and phenomenon that was digital pets and specifically the Tamagotchi and I'm sure many of you remember the Tamagotchi I used to love Tamagotchis and digital pets they were super super cute and recently they're starting to get a bit of a resurgence you're starting to see them remake the previous generations the first gen the second gen of these toys I'm not sure, actually, if they've started to do really recent version of the Digimon toys. I really need to kind of take a little retail hunt and try and find myself some of the Digimon Tamagotchi-style toys. I really need to try and find them again. I hope you learned some facts and maybe some stuff about the lore and history and the lifestyle of Digimon. I certainly did research in that episode. I learned so much that I didn't know as a kid when I was really, really enjoying the anime series. I didn't know the links about Tamagotchi, I didn't know the lore about the Digimentals, I didn't know anything about that. So I hope you found found it interesting, I hope you learnt some new stuff as well. So at the time of this going out and being published, it's the week of Valentine's Day. It's the week of romance, it's the week, or the month of romance really, people always focus around Valentine's Day for the whole of February and it starts being promoted all the way back in January now doesn't it and I thought what a perfect time to talk about some of my favourite anime couples now I don't watch much or really if any I don't really focus on the romance genre of anime but romance is one of the most loved genres in anime and it's no wonder why We fall in love with these characters and we love to watch our favourite characters develop relationships with each other and different characters and we can't help but root for them. We can't help to hope that they fall in love or they get the character that they want to be with and they, they build a life together. In this episode we'll be looking at my personal top five best anime romantic couples and why I kind of love them so much. From classic couples like Yusagi and Mamoru from Sailor Moon to modern ones like Yor and Lloyd from Spy Family. These pairs have become iconic in the anime world, whether that be in the 90s or more recently. But I chose these couples because of their dynamics and sometimes because of their maybe unconventional natures and storylines that we see them progress through. There are plenty of lovely romantic couples out there with glossy, super nice, kind of traditional style couples and storylines that we see in the romantic anime genre. But I wanted to make a list of couples that don't typically fit into those usual couple moulds and make strong duos, not just cute couples. So the characters that I've kind of chosen, the couples that I've chosen, are from anime that aren't typically romance anime. They're from more isekai or they're from more action shoujo 
shonen, that kind of style, more your typical anime genres. If you take a listen to this and think, oh, I love that couple, or if you have a recommendation for your own couple, let me know, leave a review on the podcast and let me know in the review what couples you think should be in this list and which who are your favourites, which is your best anime couple. It's a bit like choosing your favourite celebrity couple, but a little bit more exciting, I'd say. So in no particular order, let's dive into our first couple. So the first couple I'm going to talk about is Midoriya and Yoraka from My Hero Academia. Now, although not actually a confirmed couple as of yet, they clearly have shown to have feelings for each other at various points throughout the six seasons that we've had so far. Yoraka is constantly getting flustered and embarrassed when the subject of Midoriya and her and Midoriya is brought up by other characters, which is super cute. She's always getting kind of flustered, which is kind of what teenagers do. They get kind of get a little bit embarrassed, a little bit shy. And she also carries around the minifigure of All Might that was given to her by Secret Santa that was actually Midoriya and it was Midoriya's little figure. I think that's super cute. We saw in one of the episodes that spoiler alert, that she still carries that in her super suit as she goes round during missions and most recently in the in the battle sequences. I've not read the manga for this series, but I really do hope that their relationship continues to develop. I really hope they do become a couple in the end. There's a lot going on in their universe and the My Hero Academia world, so I think there's a lot going on and Hopefully none of that really interferes too much with their relationship development going forward. They seem to have very different but balanced personalities against one another. So they're both inspired by each other. They're both motivated to be better by one another. Especially Yoraka. She she has a respect for Midoriya and she uses that to become stronger than him and better than him in her classes and with her quirks and her strengths. I think that's interesting to see this balance. She loves him and she's getting flustered and she's she's she fancies him but then she's also using that emotion to better herself, which I think is a really interesting dynamic to see unfold. It was shown to only be Yoraka that was actually able to break through the black whip quirk and was able to calm him down. We didn't see all the other characters that were in that moment really break through to Deku, but it was Yoraka that could. She got him to calm down and get him under control a little bit more, which shows how he thinks and feels about her as well, that it was only her voice and her speaking that really got him to control that new quirk that had just exploded out of all for one. So they're each other's cheerleaders and they're always supporting each other, whether it's their work studies, exams or general learning and development of their quirks and as they develop as heroes in in the universe. I think this is such a cute couple. It's a very adolescent couple. It's super cute to see kind of develop through school and the quite scary developments that are happening within their world. And I, I really hope that they continue to develop. I think they're one of my favourite school-type kind of couples. So my next couple is quite a different anime, and it's from an anime that I didn't actually think I would like in the beginning. It's quite kind of odd. It's an odd anime to watch, and I've not really seen it 
be shouted about as much. I've not seen it be promoted as much as some of the other shows. But it's the anime is The Ancient Magus Bride. And the characters are Chisei and Elias. Now this relationship is super unconventional. It's It starts out with Chisei actually being a purchase by Elias at a sort of magical auction that sells off different magical creatures and artifacts and due to the type of magical but still human looking species that Chisei is, a sleigh beggar, his purchase is more focused around buying her from the auction as a sort of experiment to see if he can extend what short life her species tends to have and what she's inevitably will have. And then she becomes his magical apprentice over time. As the series develops we and as events unfold, Elias develops romantic feelings for Chisei and so does she for him. Something that he does not understand due to his lack of understanding of human emotions and Chisei also seems to return these romantic feelings a little bit more, I would say, to Elias than Elias to Chisei, but I think that's because he doesn't really know how to show those emotions. He's not human, so he doesn't know how to kind of reciprocate them or show them outwardly. His face is also really hard to kind of read. It's just a skull, so it's really hard to see any any emotion in there. But Chisei also seems to return these by even going out of her way to make wear a white dress, a veil and have rings made for them both to kind of signify the bride that she is for him at this point. I think Chisei potentially having a short life, Elias needs to work maybe a little bit quicker on his experiment. Otherwise I feel like this love story may have a more Romeo and Juliet kind of sad ending. Although a strange relationship... I have enjoyed watching these two progress through the storyline. I didn't think that's what the story kind of was. I have to say when I started watching this anime, I thought it was more almost wizardry, more magical uh, focus. But it really focuses on their relationship and how they're building each other up, how they're learning from each other, but in different ways. Chisei is teaching Elias different stuff and Elias is learning just as much, if not more, from Chisei. The next season of this show has been announced fairly recently um, in the past couple of days of this recording and I cannot wait to see this series. The next series looks so good. It looks like Chisei goes to a sort of magical school to learn more of her magical abilities and learn how to control them, how to not absorb too much magic so she doesn't die. Um, but I very quickly got absorbed into this realm of these two characters and the types of side characters that we we see throughout the show. And also, also a winning point is Elias's character design. He is so cool looking, very very dramatic. It's very cool. This is definitely an anime recommendation if you're into things like Harry Potter or anything magical it's very different it's not something and again like I've said it's not an anime that has been shouted about it's definitely an underdog style anime I've never seen people talk about this quite as much as we see here at academia or a spy family so definitely do give it a watch it's it's one to definitely check out please do check this anime out so on the other hand we have one of the animes that since release has become a 
smash hit and everyone is talking about, including myself because I love it as well, and that is Spy Family. So this unconventional couple is your and Lloyd Foyager. And I I fell in love with this show from episode one. And I loved their very awkward dynamic. It's It looks as awkward as I am as a person. It's unconventional and it's one that was created out of necessity rather than love. And similar to Midoriya and Yoraka, although they're not confirmed as a couple together between one another, they've not said it to one another, they've not even said I love you to each other yet, they are officially married in the storyline. They make a very awkward, cute couple and I love how their relationship is starting to fall how they're both starting to fall more and more in love with each other without actually saying it. And the romance is definitely growing as the series is developing. You can see how Yor is very quickly developing feelings for Lloyd in the episodes and how we've seen her get quite desperately wants to be a great mother to Anya and how she's getting quite jealous of the other women in Lloyd's life from the spy service even though she knows it as the hospital where he's pretending to work as his frontage for being a spy we definitely saw that spoiler we definitely saw saw that during the tennis episode that was quite jealousy plus one plus a thousand degrees you're really absolutely smashed that out of the park although we've not seen them say i love you or show feelings in that traditional kind of way we see love on a kind of another spectrum and another way so we see Lloyd on his side how much he respects and admires Yor for her strength and personality and how much she's trying to care for Anya how much she's trying to be a good wife be good make the home well make it presentable how she's trying her best at every stage in what she sees as her role in the marriage And he does care for her, however, he still does see her as part of his mission and he still sees Anya in that way as well. I think as we continue to see their story develop, I think some key moments and events may occur that will see and cause more romantic moments to occur. And they may not happen how naturally and conventionally, they may not be caught in the rain and you know when they go to see a movie all that kind of stuff that we see in Hollywood I think it's more spy focused maybe one of them gets into an event I really hope none of them dies that seems to happen quite quite frequently your favorite character seems to die in anime but hopefully that doesn't happen and I think we'll see these feelings start to flourish with Lloyd and Yor and I really can't wait to see where this progresses I really want them to continue as a family even after all of this East and West War is ended and the spy stuff ends. I really hope that their lives combine and they become this super spy family and become this powerhouse of almost magical abilities that Anya has and the dog has and those two make a really cool agency. That would be really, really cool. So I couldn't do a anime focused episode like this without at least inserting one Studio Ghibli mention and this mention is Sophie and Howell from Howell's Moving Castle. This is one of my absolute favourite Ghibli films, it's definitely up there next to Spirited Away and I placed this one in here because of how much it actually 
is a reflection on us as I guess as a society and how we're starting to see each other and how much these characters learn and develop from each other along the way. So Howell and Sophie meet quite strangely. They meet quite in a strange kind of world that's filled with war and filled with these kind of magical creatures and all this kind of stuff. But they form this love for each other that is unconditional and help to bring out the best in each other and they support each other no matter what. And they go through quite a lot of stuff. Sophie has to learn quite a lot of stuff from Howell's point of view. And he has to learn quite a lot from her point of view. And we start to see this reflected in Sophie's curse. Howell, when he has a tantrum, she's always there to help him and care for him. And Howell shows Sophie love and kindness, whether because of her curse, whether she's young or old at that point in time. Thanks to their personalities and their traits, when they're together, they are so focused on making each other recognise their own self-worth that they end up both learning to accept themselves in the process. And I think the pair have become so iconic, not only because of the film and how critically acclaimed it is, but how their journey together helps to balance each other out and helps to show each other different lessons about life and perceptions and beauty in how we see ourselves and how they're supportive and loving of each other no matter what no matter how they see themselves the other one is always there rooting for them they see them in a different way this is a romantic couple that allows us to not only see their love develop but also allows us to learn a thing or two about beauty and appearance and how we perceive ourselves and how we portray ourselves Sophie Sophie's curse is something that is always debated throughout the film. It's always kind of shown she's young in one moment, then she's old again in another. And I think that is because of that is how she's seeing herself in her own mind at that moment in time. When she's free and she's jumping over these hills with Howell and she's in these more moments where she's not focused on her appearance and how she's perceived and how she's thought about She's free to just be herself, she's free to be young, she's free to just be herself, whereas when we see her focused on her perception, she sees herself as this old lady and we see that in the curse itself. I think that has such a powerful message and it's quite a deep message, it's a message that when you really think about it, it's quite reflective of where we're at as a Society, especially with Instagram and social media, you know, and influencers, it's our focus is on perception and not necessarily being always true to ourselves. Anyway, that got really deep for a few seconds, but I think it's a really nice, true, loving couple that is definitely worth a mention. I think that film, if you haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle, definitely go and watch it. Of recent, Low have done a collaboration with Howl's Moving Castle and it's absolutely stunning. It's an amazing clothing collection. It's out of my price range. It's thousands for a t-shirt. But if I ever win the lottery, I definitely need to buy some of that collab stuff. It's amazing. I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok all over. It's an absolute smash. So I can't talk about anime couples without without putting in an absolute OG couple from my top 
childhood anime, which is Sailor Moon. For this top spot, for me, I had to go with Usagi and Mamoru, or Serena and Darian as we knew them in the West dub. And they are, the, for me, the quintessential anime classic couple. So this couple has a relationship that has spanned not only various battles and trials, it spanned millennia and two lives. So Serena, Usagi and Mamoru or Darian, depending on which which season you grew up with, they had a love that started off in a past life on the Moon Kingdom and they ruled over this amazing life, this amazing planetary system with the other sailor scouts and this glorious life until a major event happened and they had to be shipped off or magically sent off to Earth where they would awake in a different life, in a different time, which was at the time modern day Tokyo, which was Tokyo in the 90s. And they meet again at quite different kind of alternate times in their lives where they kind of grate on each other they have this banter they take the take jokes out of each other and they don't quite get along but they still are always drawn to each other for what they see as an unknown reason until quite later on in the storyline where we see them start to really understand each other and show their true feelings that are actually feelings that have been there for a millennia since the Moon Kingdom, until Queen Beryl started to awaken again and started to cause trouble for Earth. So within their story, they ended up being married in their story later on and having a baby girl who ended up being Chibiusa, or Pink Lady, in the story, which also became her own tiny, tiny sailor scout. So they're a super-powered couple who, whose love spanned multiple lives, multiple planets, an intergalactic war and are also parents to a Sailor Scout child. Now that to me is a number one spot couple in my book. They're always protecting each other. Sailor Moon more specifically protecting Tuxedo Mask more often than not and she's the main character so that does make sense. He's always there to support her and it's their love that starts to bring other powers into the remit and starts to make her more strong and more rounded as a character. This relationship is always under a little bit of of contention within the anime community because of technically Usagi's age and Mamoru's age being on Earth in the second life. So that's always a little bit of contention. I don't focus on that but I absolutely love them as a couple and I think I do have the rose-tinted glasses with this series because it's so close to my heart, but you cannot deny that they are one absolute smash of an anime couple that spans lives, generations, and everything else. A love that can span all of that is absolutely true in my book. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and more down in the show notes. There you'll find links to everything. So this episode we've seen quite a variety of romance and types of relationships with their own dynamics and quirks and origins, not all of them conventional, which is what I love about them the most. These are my personal top five, but find me on social media and let me know. 
comment on one of my recent posts and let me know who are your favourite couples. There are so many when I researched this podcast that I could have included from Sword Art Online, from Naruto. There are so many anime couples out there. And these are mine. What are yours? Let me know. Or better yet, why not leave a review and let me know who your favourite anime couple is down there. I have a new Patreon, a club for fans of the podcast and fans of anime and my Etsy shop. A new monthly club where you receive physical and digital goodies along with exclusive updates. There is a Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan and Chibi Mega Fan tiers with each level being better than the last. With the Mega Fan tier including three physical prints of Chibi style anime characters that I illustrate myself. Each tier also includes an indefinite discount to the Etsy store with each tier having a better discount than the last. I've included a link to the Patreon site in the show notes so you can check out which club you'd love to be a part of. Find it down below, check it out if you're an anime fan or you know someone who is, or maybe you've got a birthday coming up and you can't think of a gift. This would be the perfect gift for them. And one that they get every month is a gift that keeps on giving. What more can you ask for that? Buzzsprout is the perfect platform for podcasts. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a marketing channel or you have a message you want to share with the world or just think it'll be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch and promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed with all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and for me, the team over at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters like me already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So following the link in my show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that I sent you over there. That gets you $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan and help support my show too. Thanks for joining me on this episode. You can find all my social media links, including a Buy Me A Coffee show support link and more down there. Thanks for all of your support. It really does mean a lot. Even if it's a download, a review, a like, a share or the Patreon club like I've already mentioned. Thank you so much for everything. It really does mean a lot. Until next Monday, have a great week, guys. Enjoy all the new anime episodes that are releasing this week. I know I will be. I'll be trying to catch up with all the ones I've potentially missed out of recently. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.